everyone, and welcome to God's Plan, Your Part, a podcast where our goal is to read the entire Bible in a year, seeking to understand God's plan of redemption while discovering daily and practically your part in it. Today we are looking at what could be, as far as we understand it, Paul's very last words. Now, it's like it's widely accepted that he lived after he wrote this letter, but this could actually be the very last letter, the very last record that we have from Paul, because we do know that Paul is in prison awaiting his execution, which did occur, uh, and it's very likely that this is the last letter we have. So, uh, 2 Timothy is really interesting, one, because it's a second letter to Timothy, who is a protege of Paul. He's trying to learn what it means to be a Christian leader like Paul is. Paul has invested a lot in Timothy. But two, it's interesting because these could be kind of like the closing remarks of someone who knows that their time is coming to a close. So if you read 2 Timothy through that lens, uh, I think it has a little bit more weight and a little bit more oomph. Yeah, I noticed at the end of chapter four, actually it's like the middle of chapter four, he's talking specifically about being this drink offering that is being poured out. And I think as I read that, it was like, whoa, like he's he's basically saying his time is up and God is um, pouring him out his... Uh, his work for the gospel is coming to an end. Um, he kind of throws out a couple little personal instructions for his friends afterward. Um, so it is kind of like this last little journal entry, I guess, if you will, of Paul and all of the work coming to the end point. As far as the format of the podcast and how we've been trying to read the Bible chronologically, this is the last time we will hear from Paul. Mm-hmm, so today's mm-hmm. episode is the last Pauline letter uh, that we'll be studying and looking at. So I think one of the things that sticks out to me uh, just from 2 Timothy, there's there's several things. And what I try to do is not repeat a bunch of things over and over again, because there's a lot of common themes. Uh, one of the things that's really cool in chapter one is the way that Paul speaks about Timothy and the way that Paul um, appreciates the reputation that Timothy has. It's, it's obvious that Timothy is a pretty upstanding guy and is very concerned about serving Christ and serving the gospel. What's really interesting is you can see like his family lineage. Uh, If you look in chapter one, verse five, uh, I'm reminded of your sincere faith, the faith that dwelt first in your grandmother, Lois and your mother, Eunice. And now I'm sure dwells in you as well. Uh, For those of you that think maybe we've been harping on women a little bit too much, Uh, It is interesting that Paul does not mention the men in Timothy's life. He only mentions the faithful women in Timothy's life. Uh, It is widely understood that Timothy may have had a Greek father because his name is Greek. uh, And it's very possible that his father was not very present in his life. And so because of that, it is the women who like pressed faith onto him and raised him up well. And Paul is reminding him to fan into flame the gift that God has given him. Hmm. Um, I have a question about chapter three. As we were reading it, there were a lot of things coming up about um, in the last days. Paul is describing what people will be like, um, the godlessness that will exist. Is he discussing people just in general or is that more of what the church will begin to face? Like the people of God will begin to face and like kind of turn to What's like, who's the audience? I think the, the primary audience in question would actually be culture. Um, But there is, I guess, to add on to that, there is a passage later on in, this is chapter four, not to jump ahead, we'll come back to chapter three, but 
in chapter four, he talks about how the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and turn away from listening to the truth. I think that would be like a church kind of audience. So it's like people that want to continue to appear like they are pleasing the Lord with their lives, um, but they are just finding liars to continue okay. to lie to them. So I think chapter three is focused on culture. Um, yeah. Probably the eerie thing about chapter three is if you read it, it's like, yep, 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 yeah. yep. <laughs> well, that's kind of why I was asking that because I, unfortunately, I think it's both. I've seen both things happen in both the Christian world as well as just the world in general. But I think to what you were saying, if you look at chapter three, verse eight, there's those two people called out. Um, I don't know if I'm saying it correctly, but Janet, Janus yeah, and, and Jambres. Jambres, they were supposedly um, people who opposed Moses. Um, I hope, does it say they were? Uh, you can find the story in Exodus 7. Um, Egyptian they, magicians. Yeah, they're magicians. Yeah. So they would have come against what Moses was saying. So I guess he's kind of saying like, you will also within culture, like you were saying, Ryan, you're going to come up against these things too. But again, I was going to call out, just like you said as well, the list of the things that um, characterize those godless last days are like, oh my word, we <laughs> we check every single box. Um, and it is, it's kind of crazy how it feels like it's just like on steroids right now. Everything is just pumping up even faster, um, and stronger than what it was before. At least it seems that way. Um, so just being aware that we will come against those things. Here's an interesting detail to add. So Paul is, you have to think about what this letter is for. Paul is writing to Timothy to encourage him in his continuing ministry. Mm -hmm. So why would Paul write chapter three? He's writing chapter three to warn Timothy that Timothy is going to see these things occur and have to deal with them. So it one way you can read this is like, wow, like in the end times, people are going to look like this. And oh, my goodness, they sure look like this right now. Um, but I think actually Paul is writing to encourage Timothy to be prepared for these kind of situations. And a lot of times the the biblical writers are referring to the end times as times they are pretty much living in. So I think he really is preparing Timothy saying like, hey, here's the kind of stuff you're going to come up against. Um, And you can see throughout history, like there is this cycle of false teaching, of greed, um, of selfishness. Like it's not unique to our time, but certainly we see it in our time. Well, our Bible says, too, that those last days are referred to in Acts chapter two um, as basically beginning with the coming of the spirit at Pentecost. Exactly. Exactly. So like that was a long time ago. We've been living in this period yeah. for quite a while. Yeah. So I guess that's also like a good perspective to keep as well. Now, with that context in mind, I love I think unfortunately I've been rifling through different passages where I'm like, this is one of my favorite passages. I said that about Hebrews eleven the other night. Mm. Uh, if you look at Second Timothy three starting in verse fifteen one of my favorite passages and how from a childhood talking to Timothy, you've been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction and for training in righteousness that the man of God may be complete equipped for every good work. There are so many things packed into like these two sentences. One of the things is that when, when Paul says that all scripture is breathed out by God, Uh, He, at least on his side of the coin, is stamping 
that all scripture is God inspired. This is why we say today that all scripture is God inspired. We believe the Holy Spirit worked in people's hearts and minds. We'll see Peter talk about this um, probably, I think, tomorrow. Um, the Holy Spirit worked in people's hearts and minds and led them to write the things that they did. And so when we read the Bible, it is written down physically by people. Uh, but really, the Holy Spirit inspired it and God breathed it out. Now, what I love about this is if you look at verse 16, all scriptures breathed out by God and profitable. Look at the list. Teaching, reproof, correction, training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for how many good works? All of them. All of them. And so there is kind of this kind of this interesting thing I've seen over the last couple of years, and I do want to speak into it, um, where people believe that the Bible is just not as important as it used to be. <laughs> or like, you know, like, well, yeah, you have the Bible. Obviously, you need Times the Bible. Obviously, yeah. And and what really people need is leadership development and they need to like get better at handling people and they almost need to be like managers or like HR. Like, no. CEOs. If the word is true, if this is correct then we can believe that all scripture is all we need to do all we're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, we do that empowered by the Holy Spirit in relationship with Jesus. You can't even understand scripture if you don't have the Holy Spirit speaking into it and leading you through it. Um, but I just I just want to use this passage to encourage every single one of you, uh, if you've been walking with us this whole year, like stay passionate about what you're doing. Read reread, remind yourself, stay in God's word because God's word says that it is all you will need to handle the culture that's in front of you. Mm-hmm. We talked about like this, these evil last days. Paul's saying like, all you need to handle these evil last days is to continue to read the word and do what it says. Like, obviously it's not enough just to read it. Um, you have to use it to instruct your life. So I think it's really powerful. Wow. Mini sermon. <laughs> <laughs> I get wound up about it. I like it yeah, a lot. Yeah, you do like that verse a lot. But I think, I mean, honestly, I don't mean to throw it right back to you, but I think you could probably apply a really good year part um, oh, yeah, for sure. to it. So do you want to kind of close us out with I thought with maybe that? you would want to do that for nope, us. Nope, you're on fire. <laughs> All right. So stay in the word, right? Like we are closing out this year. This is not a commercial for our podcast. Find whatever podcast you want. I do not care. Um, read, read the Bible for yourself. You don't have to have a podcast to do it. Um, Jenny just looked at me like, how dare you not <laughs> I recommend just meant our podcast? No, it was more like, make sure it's like <laughs> God honoring. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> I, look, essentially what I want you to know is I do not mind how you get God's word into your life, but keep it in your life. Mm-hmm. If you have been, uh, walking through the Bible with us this year, like don't hit January 1st and be like, well, I did that. That was really cool. Like you have to continue do again. to do it because if God's word is true, uh, it means that scripture, God breathed inspired scripture is going to help you with everything that you need help in. And so continue to read the word, continue to be bold in the word and continue to fan into flame the gift that God has laid on your life. We'll be back again tomorrow. We'll see you then. Thanks so much for listening to God's Plan Your Part. Don't forget, it is always more important that you listen to God's words rather than our words. So please stick around to hear the reading for the day uh, or go and find it in the Bible and read it yourself. If you are enjoying the podcast, please leave a rating and write a review on whatever platform you are using to listen to us. Now that we have all that out of the way, here is the reading for today. 2 Timothy chapter 1. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, according to the promise of the life that is in Christ Jesus. To Timothy, my beloved child, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God whom I serve, as did my ancestors, with a clear conscience, as I remember you constantly in my prayers night and day. 
as I remember your tears, I long to see you, that I may be filled with joy. I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and now, I am sure, dwells in you as well. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. Therefore do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord, nor of me his prisoner, but share in my suffering for the gospel, for the power of God, who saved us and called us to a holy calling, not because of our works, but because of his own purpose and grace, which he gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages began, and which now has been manifested through the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel for which I was appointed a preacher, an apostle, and teacher, which is why I suffer as I do. But I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed, and am convinced that he is able to guard until that day what has been entrusted to me. Follow the pattern of the sound words that you have heard from me, in the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. By the Holy Spirit who dwells within us, guard the good deposit entrusted to you. You are aware that all who are in Asia turned away from me, among whom are Phagilius and Hermogenes. May the Lord grant mercy to the household of Onesiphorus, for he often refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chains. But when he arrived in Rome, he searched for me earnestly and found me. May the Lord grant him to find mercy from the Lord on that day, and you well know all the service he rendered at Ephesus. Chapter 2 You then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus, and what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Share in suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits, since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. An athlete is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. It is the hard-working farmer who ought to have the first share of the crops." Think over what you say, for the Lord will give you understanding in everything. Remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, the offspring of David, as preached in my gospel, for which I am suffering, bound with chains as a criminal. But the word of God is not bound. Therefore I endure everything for the sake of the elect, that they may also obtain the salvation that is in Jesus Christ with eternal glory. The saying is trustworthy, for if we have died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure... We will also reign with him. If we deny him, he will also deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. Remind them of these things and charge them before God, not to quarrel about words, which does no good, but only ruins the hearers. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. But avoid irreverent babble. For it will lead people into more and more ungodliness, and their talk will spread like gangrene. Among them are Hemius and Philetus, who have swerved from the truth, saying that the resurrection has already happened. They are upsetting the faith of some, but God's firm foundation stands bearing this seal. The Lord knows those who are his, and let everyone who names the name of the Lord depart from iniquity. Now in a great house... There are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, some for honorable use, some for dishonorable. 
Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from what is dishonorable, he will be a vessel for honorable use, set apart as holy, useful to the master of the house, ready for every good work. So flee youthful passions and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call the Lord from a pure heart. Have nothing to do with foolish, ignorant controversies. You know that they breed quarrels. And the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but kind to everyone, able to teach, patiently enduring evil, correcting his opponents with gentleness. God may perhaps grant them repentance, leading to a knowledge of the truth, and they may come to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil after being captured by him to do his will. Chapter 3 But understand this, that in the last days there will come times of difficulty, for people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness but denying its power. Avoid such people." For among them are those who creep into households and capture weak women, burdened with sins and led astray with various passions, always learning and never able to arrive at knowledge of the truth. Just as Janus and Jambres opposed Moses, so these men also opposed the truth, men corrupted in mind and disqualified regarding the faith. But they will not get very far, for their folly will be plain to all, as was that of those two men. You, however, have followed my teaching, my conduct, my aim in life, my faith, my patience, my love, my steadfastness, my persecutions and sufferings that happened to me at Antioch, at Iconium, and at Lystra, which persecutions I endured, yet from them all the Lord rescued me. Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted, while evil people and impostors will go on from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, continue in what you have learned, and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it, and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Chapter 4. I charge you in the presence of God in Christ Jesus, who is the judge of the living and the dead, and by his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but have itching ears they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. As for you, always be sober-minded, endure suffering, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure has come. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all those who have loved his appearing. Do your best to come to me soon, for Demaeus, in love with this present world, 
has deserted me and gone to Thessalonica. Crescens has gone to Galatia, Titus to Dalmatia. Luke alone is with me. Get Mark and bring him with you, for he is very useful to me for ministry. Tychicus I have sent to Ephesus. When you come, bring the cloak that I left with Caparis to Troas, also the books, and above all the parchments. Alexander the coppersmith did me great harm. The Lord will repay him according to his deeds. Beware of him yourself, for he strongly opposed our message. At my first defense, no one came to stand by me, but all deserted me. May it not be charged against them. But the Lord stood by me and strengthened me, so that through me the message might be fully proclaimed, and that all the Gentiles might hear it. So I was rescued from the lion's mouth. The Lord will rescue me from every evil deed and bring me safely into his heavenly kingdom. To him be glory forever and ever. Amen. Greet Prisca and Aquila, and the household of Anisiphorus. Erastus remained at Corinth, and I left Tromiphus, who was ill, at Miletus. Do your best to come before winter. Eubulus sends greetings to you, as do Pudens and Linus and Claudia and all the brothers. The Lord be with your spirit. Grace be with you. Thanks so much for listening to God's Plan, Your Part. If anything stuck out to you, if you have any questions, or if you'd like to receive a Bible, you can email us at godsplanyourpart at gmail.com. Also, if you're enjoying the podcast, please consider supporting us through the link in our description. We love that you're on this journey with us, and we hope you have a great day. See you tomorrow.